How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, away we go, as the Joker once said, sort of toward Batman, as I joke about the fact that my executive producer, Tom Celestino, is dressed like Batman. All black today. Steve Jobs honoring Christopher Nolan. Just wanted to start there with you. So you guys have a, a picture of Mr. At D-Cell CBS on Twitter. Together, we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket Can. I'm going to get to all the business, what we're going to talk about, the phone number, how to hit me up on Twitter and tell me how dumb or smart I am. But let's start with the most important thing. I know many of you are celebrating this today, but just it, it needs to be said. Happy National French Fry Day. Let it sink in. Haven't had any French fries yet. I know. It's early. There's time. Still feel like I've let myself down and, and just everyone. Happy National French Fry Day. I've met people who don't like ice cream, which is dumb, but I've met them. I've met people who don't like chocolate. I've met people who don't like steak. And I don't mean vegetarians. I just mean people who eat meat and are like, oh, I really like this meat, but I don't like, you know, get that filet away from me. Never met a person in my life who doesn't like French fries. If they're out there, it's not the day for them. Happy National French Fry Day. It's a mouthful, isn't it? Apparently the French fry um, conglomerates out there are trying to make it a Friday. What is that? Why does that have to be a Friday? So we have alliteration. It's harder to say. Happy Friday, Happy National Friday French Fry Day. I, can't, I can barely speak. Uh, we, we'll get into Nick Saban. And the, he's not talking about French fries. He is talking about power conferences. And as always, man, Saban has just become such a likable dude. Orneriness can go one of two ways as people get, get, get older. It can make them really unpleasant or incredibly amusing, charming, and wise. And Saban has gone to that direction. And he dispensed some of that Nick Saban wisdom, candor, a soliloquy from a single question on mega conferences, super conferences, the, the obvious direction we're going in college football. So we're going to play you a chunk of his four-hour and 31-minute answer to how are you doing today, Nick. Uh, we'll just we'll kind of pare it down, but there's some really good stuff in there. We'll, we'll do that in about 20 minutes when we're, when we're not circling back to French fries theme of the day here on the show. The expected, I told you that this was going to happen in Utah, Donovan Mitchell on the trade block. They're, they're listening to offers, which translates to please make us offers. We are rebuilding. We'll talk a little NBA in that respect. Ross Tucker will be on the show, former NFL player, NFL analyst, in an hour. Ross is always so thoughtful and so candid and so interesting. And I'm looking forward to visiting with him about Baker Mayfield. Baker had his introductory press conference yesterday in his second chance in 
the NFL, his debut in Carolina. We'll hit a bunch of other stuff. We'll do buy or sell. Uh, D-Cell, what, what, what's, let, let's, let's get there early. By the way, Tom, happy National French Friday, even though it's a Wednesday. Uh, the French fry conglomerate wants it on a Friday. Thank you. I was not aware that that was today. So, one, thank you for making me aware of it. Uh, Got you. I plan on participating now. Here for you. And, uh, you know, same to you. I hope you can have some French fries today. I mean, look, I thought French fries, it's like the world. You think the world's one way, and then you get out there and you realize there's all kinds of ways the, the world operates. I'm, we're going to talk a little like the various ways that we have eaten French fries in a little bit for a little, just a little while. Happy French fry day. Uh, normally I ask you this in an hour. I'm asking now. Today's buy or sell is what? What's the word you're going for there, uh, Bruce Wayne? I like the all black. Uh, I'm going to go with riveting. R- okay, so we got a riveting buy or sell. I'm riveted. I can't wait. In an hour and 20 minutes. And LeBron James, he actually got himself in trouble talking about Brittany Griner for something that is a clear and obvious thing you shouldn't say. But I think there's actually a deeper criticism I have of LeBron and really of the Brittany Griner storyline that's been out there. So we'll, we'll hit that a little more serious at the end of the show. As always, 855-212-4CBS if you'd like to call in and talk French fries or anything else. Happy National French Fry Day for just joining us. Uh, what a dumb, what a dumb, I love it. I love America so much. National French Fry Day? Sign me up. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. Twitter is SportsRider, Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. D-Cell's on there at D-Cell-CBS. Do not go to his private account. And I'm Batman. That's for some role-playing thing. I don't understand it, but whatever. It's what it is. He's wearing a cape. It's fine. We're not going to judge him. I'm moving on. 855-212-4CBS. I'm going to judge him a little bit. Or, like, judge him in a good way. He's more Batman than John Wall. There we go. I said it. Let's get into Baker Mayfield. Maybe Baker has fooled me. Maybe I've been hoodwinked. Maybe I've been conned. Maybe Baker Mayfield is more of a salesman than a football player, and my desire to believe that people can have second chances and be successful is part of the reason he's selling me a bill of goods. But I feel a glimmer of hope for Baker Mayfield. And let, let me say this in defense of that perspective. I actually was thinking about this yesterday after the show. I was just thinking about, you ever feel your mind just wander? In this context, maybe some of you married dudes have the same thing where you're having an entire daydream about something. In this case, I was thinking about Baker and what's going to happen and why maybe I believe it's possible he can be successful before the press conference. And it turns out your wife is speaking to you and has been speaking to you for, I don't know, two minutes, ten minutes, and now you've entered the phase of, are you listening to me? Because I hear words coming out of your mouth. You're saying, yes, Bill, what are, you, are you listening to me? And you're like, I think maybe Baker could throw 30 touchdowns. And if he does that and he protects the ball, I've seen it with Cleveland, right? That's where I got to. And we can put, you know, the marital discord that Baker created for me and my belief in him aside. But I started to just think maybe. And I thought about coming on the show today because there's not a lot going on in sports and just making the case that maybe Baker Mayfield could actually surprise us. And then he had the introductory press conference yesterday right right around, what, 7 o'clock, or excuse me, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time in that range. So about an hour after the show got done. And... I found myself even more caught up in the idea that Baker Mayfield might just be able to turn around his career and do that under the very difficult circumstances of if he turns around his career, he's also going to turn around a Panthers organization. Oh, and by the way, hard to turn away, turn around floundering NFL organizations as a quarterback. Almost historically impossible to do it twice in a career. I mean, Baker is the primary reason. He's the quarterback, or he was, that Cleveland had success. And a big part of the reason that he had bitterness 
when they basically moved on from Deshaun Watson. Also true that he's a part of the reason that they got to move on. He made it pretty easy by the way that he played injury, no injury. A lot of reasons to make the case that he can't be successful. And again, maybe he's fooled me. Maybe he's more salesman, coffees for closers kind of a thing, Alec Baldwin reference for you there, Tommy, than he is superstar quarterback. But I'm starting to believe, and this is why, and before I play you some of, of Baker, and I, I think you'll hear what I'm hearing. Maybe you won't if you want to disagree or add your perspective to the conversation. 855-212-4CBS. I'm a huge believer in things that, um, well, in life, really, but in high-leverage, high-pressure careers and opportunities. And some of those are front-facing, right, what we call in the radio TV business, but which is to say you're being viewed all the time. Quarterback applies, radio host applies, actor applies, politician applies. I'm a huge believer there's a very thin line between confidence and arrogance, between the humility that's necessary and the lack of swagger you need to really convince yourself and the world that you're going to be able to do what you need to do. I'm not even sure we have the right terminology sometimes because the lines are, are so thin. And wrapped up in this is my belief that I talk about all the time on this show that failure can equal greatness if you know how to come go through it. Not to keep talking about this Dune book, this book Dune I'm reading that's 120 years old, but the book is 1,000 pages. I finished it, and I'm on the second. I didn't even know there's 19. How many Dunes are there? I have to read five of these books now about a mythical land in the desert? But the theme of this book and the theme of a lot of the shows that, that D sells into, this is a sarcasm alert, Lord of the Rings, uh, The Avengers, it's about facing real failure and thinking that you failed and then somehow finding a way to turn that near defeat into success. But that's really how life works. Stephen Curry is a guy who shoots the way that he does in large part because, remember, he's the son of an NBA player. When he was really, really young, he was too short, and they had to go in the gym, him and his dad, and basically break down a shot and teach him how to shoot above his head, that release you see, before he grew. And the story goes that he cried again and again and again. Michael Jordan, who kind of created his own idea of failure, sort of made it up to have that chip on his shoulder, but still was, was absolutely pushed forward by that level of excellence, Michael Jordan didn't make his varsity team his freshman year. Now, what they don't tell you is nobody made that was like that was a policy. Nobody made nobody. It was like him being mad he didn't make it in fifth grade. Like, cool. When you get here, when you get to the time, we'll, we'll, we'll let you in. I'm a, I really think I do that. That Patrick Mahomes, because his talent now is so obvious. The guy wasn't the top quarterback drafted in his quarterback class. He fell to a point where the Chiefs went up and got him. He was a guy in college who had a lot of talent, but underperformed relative to that talent. I think that belief in himself, coupled with the fact that he wasn't as celebrated as a lot of guys that come out, is part of the reason he's as successful as he is. Aaron Rodgers might be the best example that I could throw at you. Aaron Rodgers sits on draft night in that draft room, falls again and again and again. The humiliation washes over him. The anger becomes a part of his game. Then he has to go to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and sit behind a super egomaniac. And again, I don't mean that in a bad way. In Brett Favre, who retires and I'm retires and kind of unretires, and I guess I'm not retired, which is really hard for the organization, especially the quarterback. All of it makes Aaron Rodgers excellent. There's a, there's a level of failure and, and difficulty and humiliation in that. And Aaron Rodgers and Steph Curry and Michael Jordan and all these guys, in different ways, were able to walk that line between arrogance, right? Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to be the best on the face of the earth, and no one's ever going to make me feel this way again. And a little bit of humility and maybe insecurity. Like, wow, I'm so affected by this, I'm going to channel it into my sports. Maybe that's what Baker Mayfield can do. Maybe that's part of the deal. And, and, and what I heard yesterday, what I was thinking about before the press conference, is I've seen Baker Mayfield have remarkable success at Oklahoma. That's not easy. You're not playing junior college athletes on the other side of the ball. 
that is not devoid of massive amounts of pressure. You're not in a place, Oklahoma, where you're the only quarterback that's ever shown up with talent, so not a big deal if you do or don't win the Heisman Trophy. That was quarterback you, man. That was the place. That was the new quarterback you for a stretch. And he did that coming off humiliation and failure and difficulty and doubt. He did that having to transfer schools and then walk on. Think about how far the guy has walked, the grind that he's done, the 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 the, the Shawshank Redemption-style crawl through the gutter to make it where he got, just to have a chance in college. Then he goes to the most hapless organization, maybe in football over the last 20 or 30 or 40 years, and finds a way to win there. Now, now the problem becomes everything has its mirror image. And on the other side of this humiliation, difficulty, failure, humility creates greatness. Greatness, as Pat Riley would tell you, the disease of more, can create the ingredients in people that make them fail after they've succeeded. And I think he's run both, both those realities through his career already. But you don't take my word for it that he was upset, that he was put out. I mean, clearly, but there's a maturity here. because that, That's part of it, right? Taking the difficulties and channeling them in a constructive way when Baker Mayfield, as the new quarterback in Carolina, facing the media, every word scrutinized, was asked, and he could have just been like, I'm not going to focus on that, was asked whether, you know, what his reaction was when he found out he wasn't going to be a Cleveland Brown at some point. And I think there was some candor here that, that for me, at least, is encouraging. It was surprising for everybody. Um, pretty unexpected. But, you know, if, I, if I'm focused on the past, then I'm not doing my job. And, you know, being a Carolina Panther now. So, I'm, like I said, I'm grateful for my time there. Uh, yeah, shocked. I'd say it was pretty much the only way to describe it. But you roll with the punches, and you got to move forward. A lot of times I would just um, I'll roll my eyes. Because it's really easy to say that you're going to learn. There's all kinds of truisms that become cliches. People spew them and don't mean them. I'm going to be a better husband. I'm not going to think about Baker Mayfield or sports. My wife's talking to me about the chores I should do with the kids. I'm going to save more money. I'm going to drink less, whatever it is. Uh, you know, I didn't do a good job at that job, but I'm going to change all my habits. When a guy like Baker Mayfield says, oh, you know, you, you learn, you roll the punches, you move on. He's lived this before. It doesn't mean he's going to make it. It doesn't mean he's going to be successful. But it's a reminder to me that there's, a, there's an inner reality. There's an inner well of, of, of confidence, of ambition, of fortitude. And what he did at Oklahoma and what he did at Cleveland, it, maybe it's something that, that is, in fact, repeatable. And the point in the press conference where I was most convinced of this, where I was most imp- hopeful that what I was listening to, again, isn't a salesman conning me. Maybe. Maybe it is. Tom liked this word earlier. I'm going to say it again. Maybe I've been hoodwinked. Whoa, I got a little okie-dokie to me. Or maybe Baker Mayfield is going to be able to get over all of his immaturity, his baby manisms, his, I feel all the feels, like his Kevin Durantisms minus the, the Kevin Durant talent. Because I'm not in any way absolving Baker Mayfield from being the worst over certain stretches. But we all go through that. Very few of us have to do it in a way where the whole world's paying attention. I mean, I've had some terrible moments professionally, especially when I was young. I think I said yesterday that a boss once choked me out in a conference room with everyone watching because I called him stupid. That's not only a true story, it probably doesn't entirely tell the context of what it was to deal with me if I didn't think you were very good at your job when I was 22. But the difference is everybody wasn't watching. I mean, when I got choked, they were because he did in a glass, you know, glass cage or whatever. But, but for the most part, nobody cared. It's different for Baker Mayfield and these guys. And it can break some folks, a lot of folks. But, but if you can find something real in your own mistakes, not say that you do, not pretending that you do, not hoodwink you know, radio hosts like me who just want to believe in second chances. If you're able to actually combine what it is 
to have failed or screwed up or, or been done unfairly, and I think it's all of those things for Baker Mayfield, and turn that into the kind of insight and opportunity and inspiration that I think most of the greats have had, then good things can happen. And I'm not talking about I'm not talking about Baker Mayfield being Steph or LeBron or Shohei Otani. You know, he's not gonna be able to pitch and hit. I'm talking about being a guy that can be the 12th or 13th best quarterback in the National Football League, who can protect the ball, who can help the offense, and can make Carolina serviceable. And his answer about his professionalism, his job, whether he should be the starter, Baker Mayfield, as you're going to hear right here on his introductory press conference yesterday with the Panthers, to me, was a really encouraging sign. Nobody has the, uh, the mentality of being a backup. We're at this level because we compete to be the very best, and um, that's why Sam's here as well, and that's why Matt Corral just got drafted, and P.J. Walker's competed and fought through a lot of adversity as well. And so my intention is to become the best quarterback I can be, uh, help this team win, and that's why I'm happy to be in, in Carolina. Is this, you know, I feel like the team's very close to being really, really good. We just have to put the pieces together and come together as a team. And um, however that happens, you know, I'm going to do my job. I'm going to, you know, fill whatever role is to be expected of me and be a great leader and a great teammate. Baker Mayfield, when he thought he was talented but knew he hadn't had to prove it, has been a success everywhere he's gone, including Cleveland. Baker Mayfield, when he's become a success and thought he was a really big deal and did a bunch of commercials pretending that he lived in some football stadium and thought he was as important as, as OBJ, failed. Some people, and, and I've known them, I've been accused of being one of them on a much less important level. hope it's not true for me. I'm working on it. Some people are really good at succeeding and really hard at holding on to that success. Those are, diff- those are different challenges. I'm hoping Baker Mayfield can learn from the mistake he created and some of the mistakes thrust on him in Cleveland, and he can be the guy heard in that clip who's going to be a professional, who's going to fight for the job, and is going to turn him back into the person who's been the best version of himself. Because if he's not, Panthers, you're in big trouble. Baker's a joke, and I've been hoodwinked. 855 212 Four CBS is the phone number. I'm going to play some more Baker Mayfield sound on the other side of this because I think it's interesting. Then we're going to listen to Nick Saban, and we're going to try to get into National French Friday. The longest segment, again, in, in radio history next year on CBS Sports Radio. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. <laughs> All right, welcome back. Welcome into the show. Bill Ryder with you. Before we move on to more important things like National French Friday. Now it feels like it should be National Friday, French Friday. Maybe I'm with the French Fry conglomerate, and I want it moved. Before we do that, uh, I can't play the entire Baker Mayfield press conference, but I thought his, his answer about he was asked about how he's perceived and whether he's perceived fairly in the media and elsewhere. And a little defensive. But I, you know, I thought interesting here, here was his answer. I don't think it's a misinterpretation. I think it's just a, a lack of being in the building and being around me when I'm uh, going through this work process and having fun playing this game of football that I love so much. Sometimes authenticity and, and playing with a passion can be, you know, opinionated and taken for what you, what it's worth. But those misinterpretations or, or however you want to call it, that's quite frankly, I don't care. You know, I take it back. Not off-putting. Not defensive. I love that answer. I love the authenticity. I think he does care. I mean, that's one thing that's been very, very clear. But again, I just I like the headspace this guy's in. Diesel, how many different ways have you eaten French fries? How many ways have you got after French fries? By different ways, do you mean types of French fries that I've eaten? Let me give you an example. Okay, you got the standard French fry. You got your French fries. You're eating them with ketchup, whatever you're doing. Okay, that's one. Two. I was in Toronto once covering the Miami Heat. This is when uh, what's the guy's name? David Beckham walked past me. Like 50 women, it's not true, but 11 very attractive women were randomly following him. It's very awkward. And I don't think he was engaging in any sort of socialize. They just were following him around at a restaurant. Did you know who he was at the time? No, I was like, who is that short guy all the women are looking at? And then someone goes, that's David Beckham. And I remember thinking, I should have been a soccer player. I remember thinking, oh, I have to be athletic even for that. So I had in that moment in front of me poutine. It was a it was a duck poutine. It turns out poutine, you know what poutine is? I didn't know. Is a bunch of gravy and stuff on top of French fries. So like a duck gravy, cheese, and it's like a thing in France, but also I guess Canada because there's some French influences. So that's that's way that's way number two. Standard French fries. Then you got they got the the poutine, which is really good. And then once when I was in Amsterdam, I was really 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 hungry, and maybe not thinking straight. Got a lot of beer. I. uh I had it with mayonnaise, which is a bit, which sounds disgusting, but it was actually very, very good. And then I, I think chili fries. Do chili fries count as a different variation of French fries? Yes, I will count it. I think so. So I've had four variations. I've had the chili. What about what about cheese? I don't think it's cheese on the fries. That's yeah, five ways. Absolutely, cheese fries count. Okay, so that's five. Am I missing any ways of to eat French fries on National French Friday? I at one particular restaurant, and it's only this one place. I have had seafood fries, and I know what you're thinking. The two don't go together. They are delicious by themselves. Doesn't sound good. They're equally delicious together. So seafood fries, are they, are they, are they using – I don't understand. Can I guess? I'm sure, gonna, absolutely. Is it, is, it, is it the fat 
that they're cooking the fry in, fries in has seafood oil in it? Is that oh, even a thing? we got chunks of crab meat and lobster sitting on top of waffle fries. It's delicious. Is it? Absolutely delicious. I've only seen it at one particular restaurant. Because I have to be honest, I'm not doubting you. I haven't experienced it. I'm going to defer to you. I know. I, I had to be I had to be convinced to order it. It doesn't it, sound great. It sounds like an abomination and a gross one at that. Uh, by the way, we were talking about hoodwinked and the expression hoodwinked. Hoodwink, this is from Google, which is never wrong, reflects an absolute meaning of wink. Today, to wink means to close one eye briefly, as, as Stuart Kovacs often has done in the city of New York City to the opposite sex. But during the 1500s, it's meant to shut both eyes firmly. So I don't even know what a highwayman is, but a highwayman who placed a hood over a victim's eyes to effectively close them was said to hoodwink his prey, and soon hoodwink came to mean dupe. I'm not so sure we should use this word anymore. Highwayman is then someone who robbed people on roads made of dirt back when people were, like, chilling on horses, I guess. Yeah, maybe first we need to figure out what highwayman is. I mean, I think we did. I think we, I think we, we cracked the code. Uh, speaking of cracking the code, there are some disagreements out there about what is going to be the reality of mega super conferences. And Nick Saban yesterday talking – I'm not going to play the whole thing, was asked a simple question and gave a seven. He's still speaking. It's actually the Guinness World Book of Records press conference answer. It's not. It's not true. It's, it's me just lying to you. But, but he did say these are here to stay. I think this is the deal. And, and then the longer part of this, we can't play the whole thing, but the longer part of what Saban said about, about super conferences, I think, I think it's worth taking at face value because Saban is so insightful about the sport. And remember, before we play this, just let me remind you, He's honest to a fault, and I like the wisdom and the candor, but this got him in trouble with, with, with Jimbo um, Faker, Fisher, whatever the guy's name is. Um, got his name wrong there for a second. And, and, and yeah, and some other folks. But it, it wasn't wrong. It's the old Big Lebowski. Are you wrong? No, dude. You're just, and it's a word I can't say on the radio. I don't think Saban's a word I can't say on the radio, but some people do because he's saying stuff he shouldn't say, including, I thought, a, a really interesting and thoughtful response to where we're heading in college football. My biggest concern is competitive balance. You know, the NFL, which I was involved in for eight years, every rule that they have is to create competitive balance. And if they could have every team go eight and eight, all right, so at the end of the season, every team was playing their last game to get in the playoffs, they would be ecstatic, all right, because how much fan interest does that create? You know, how, how much TV ratings and all the things that go into all these things um, does that create? We don't have any guardrails on what we're doing right now. All right, so um, we have no restrictions on who can do what. Some people are going to be capable of doing certain things. Other people are not going to be capable. But the, the, the bottom line is, is we'll lose competitive balance, which everything we've always done in college football is to maintain competitive balance. Same scholarship. Everybody had to play by the same rules, and whether it was recruiting or whatever. All right, so um, – Right now, that, that's, not, that, that's not how it is, all right? So if that's the case, you're going to create more haves and more have-nots. Therefore, there'll be 
less good games. I stand corrected, by the way. I don't know why I said press conference. I guess I just have an image of, of Saban growling at people. Uh, that is all college football podcast, which is a great podcast. They should rename it because it's, it's hard to say. Because all it's, it's, you're like, what did you say? Well, that's all college football podcast. The all college football podcast, maybe, or an all college football podcast. It's hard to say. It's harder to say than National Friday French Friday, which is what the, the French fry conglomerates out there are, are, are pushing for. Look, Saban, I also really enjoy Saban's dry a year. <laughs> in that of being in the NFL, a year is all the failure and difficulty that he had. Not that he wasn't great already, but I do think that his, and I had the unique opportunity to go to Alabama, go to Tuscaloosa, probably four weeks into his tenure there. Maybe it was a little bit more than that. And sit down with him and have this conversation I've discussed on the radio a lot where it was an hour of Saban just coming at me. And me, being the person who once got choked in an office for telling a boss I'm a, he, was, he was stupid, was pretty comfortable to tell Saban when he was wrong. So we had a really intense conversation for an hour, and then at the end he was my, we were buddies. He tried to teach me how to golf. And we spent a lot of time talking about, the, about his time with the Dolphins and, 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 and his failures and, and his shortcomings. And I think it's a big part of the reason that he went to a, an even higher level at Alabama. And I think it also is part of the reason he can see things clearly. He's had massive success, but a little humility. That gives you some percept- perception beyond your own situation. The, I think it was the Atlantic. It might have been the New Yorker. Somebody wrote a story last week that was so interesting about how people who – how you basically get addicted to wealth or to opportunity the same way that you could – Drugs or alcohol, how first you have one beer to get whatever sensation you're going for, and then you need six. And the comparison they made is coach is fine until you fly premier, and then you're never going back to coach. And then you get upgraded a few times to business class, and you start to spend your money on that, and you're never going back to business class. Then you get to first class, and you're never going back to that. And then you, I mean, not you or I, but whoever has this kind of wealth, then you just fly private. And I think the, the term the writer used was wild horse stallions could never drag you through a, uh, an airport terminal again. And the point the, the, the writer was making is that people in this level of, of, of success, of wealth, of addiction to status and things that are like that lose touch with every other with other people, with, with humanity. And it made more of a point about how maximum wealth and not having normal habits disconnects regular people and how it imperils democracy. Whatever. Here's my point about this. I think it's true of athletes, too, to a certain degree. I think a lot of times the reasons that the former players can't become great coaches and you you have really intelligent smart players and coaches say really stupid things that give me lots to talk about is because they have lost track of reality they haven't failed they've succeeded every step they've always been celebrated Saban had this moment of failure that I think keeps him somewhat grounded to the real world and it gives him some, some perception I think on the frailties of college football he sees beyond his own remarkable ivory tower that he has built for himself and, and that university and all their success. And so I think other coaches, like Jimbo Faker, I'm sorry, Tom, I'm not good at his last name. Am I getting his name wrong? Uh, it's Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fit, not Faker. Fisher. Not like inauthentic. Got it. Jimbo Fisher and other people who haven't had nearly the success that Saban has had are often, in my experience, not all, but many, incapable of having a real understanding beyond their own world because they're just in their little bubble. Saban doesn't have that, and I think his Miami time is part of it. I think it's part of the reason he brought it up. And so I think he understands, for all his success, college football is not perfect. College football is not constructed just incredibly the right way just because Nick Saban happens to be the best at it maybe of all time. And his ability to be critical of the very thing that he celebrated for, I think, gives him a stronger voice, and we should listen more thoroughly to him. A lack of competitive balance in college football is going to take college football 
at some point to the same place as baseball if they don't make a change. And you might roll your eyes like, whatever, Ryder, you're an idiot. Which, by the way, often true. My wife has agreed on that a few times, but not on this particular point. Because baseball, not that long ago, in the lifetime of some of you, and certainly the lifetimes of most of our parents, was the dominant sport in American culture. Was the sport that mattered most. And to Saban's point, because I'm listening to Saban talk about the NFL and how they want every team to be, not to correct his math, but every team to be, oh no, he got the math right, correct my math, 8-8 eight and eight going to that final week. Everyone's playing for the playoffs. He's right. And when I heard him say that, it's just it's so smart. It's why baseball is on the lower rung of ratings in this country and why the NBA is a little bit higher. There's more competitiveness and why the NFL is the top. If college football is not careful, they're going to do to their sport what baseball's done and, what, frankly, what most monopolies do. They're going to wring so much money from that sport. They're going to wring so many dollars from college football at the expense of its, of its health in the long term. It's not going to apply to you if you're listening to the show and you're a college football fan because you're already a fan. It's not going to apply to me. I love college football, so I'm in. But I'm just, I'm telling you, I grew up, and I think, Tom, I'll be interested if you experience this with, with your son. Maybe you won't. But I grew up a huge baseball fan. A huge baseball fan. But my kids aren't as big of baseball fans a- as I was. They're just not. And we live in L.A., a place that has a pretty good baseball team. And I think some of it is just their, their friends aren't. The fewer of your friends that are baseball fans, the less that you maybe are pulled into it. When you lose your hold on a fan base, it can become, I think, a, a snowballing effect. I think Saban is speaking to a really serious long-term problem. It ain't going to affect Nick Saban. It ain't going to affect Jimbo Faker, Fisher, excuse me. It ain't going to affect a lot of the folks that are operating that sport right now. D-Cell gets so uncomfortable with confrontation. Are you okay? No, you look so I'm, uncomfortable. Good. I'm good. I'm enjoying the conversation about yeah. Jimbo Fisher. Faker? Fisher. He is a Faker, though. That's, that's, kind, of the, that's kind, of the, kind of the, I guess, subconscious bit that's going on. Isn't there some irony here, though? I love Nick Saban's message. Ooh, he's going at I Saban. love it. I love okay. it. I think he's dead on. I think he nailed it. When Nick Saban is talking about competitive balance, it's like, I mean, wake up here. The last 15 years, the narrative around his Alabama team is, can they beat an NFL team? They're so good. So while I love but, the but message, I'll, like, I'll, I'll, I'm with you. Let me just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in because I think he addresses it. Nick Saban talk about the rules are the same, and I think he's got all these hidden messages. I could be wrong on this, but the absolute belief around college football is that Nick Saban doesn't cheat. Like, that's part of what makes Nick Saban amazing. And I'm not mad at everyone else that does cheat. I've always, I, I don't care. Like, oh, oh, you're, like, better at jaywalking than the other guys is at jaywalking? That's an un- unenforceable rule that nobody cares about, including the, the, um, the greedy hypocrites in Indianapolis, unless, like, they have to make an example of someone to pretend that they care about these rules. But Saban, as I understand it, actually doesn't do that and doesn't allow that. He's such a control freak of his program. He's not going to let you go recruit somebody, even if he did that, which, as I understand it, he doesn't. So I think, I think it's Saban's really smart way of saying, I'm just better than everyone. It's not a competitive balance problem. I'm just, you know, he is to college football what Tom Brady is. I mean, Tom Brady broke competitive balance because of his. So it's a great point, and it's weird coming from Saban. But I, there are certain college football coaches and college basketball coaches, some of whom I know for sure cheat. Like, I'm personally aware of, of from other coaches who cheat, where I would roll my eyes, right? Like, all right, well, this guy's, you know, this guy's being moralistic because he's not moral. It's one of, one of these things. I, 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 I hear you. I get it. 
I just think Nick Saban believes, and I, I, I think it's true, kind of like Urban Meyer, minus the dysfunction that arrived in the NFL and the dancing with, with the ladies when he shouldn't be. I mean, Urban Meyer was an incredible college football coach. It didn't matter where he coached. He was successful. All right. National French Friday. Let's close here. We went long again. D-Cell's always just taking us to the 40. Do you, um, are you with the powerful lobbying National French Fry conglomerate that National French Friday should be a Friday? Yeah, let's go with the alliteration, right. the pun. Right. We're all for that on this show. Like, let's do it on a Friday. I mean, what do they think is going to happen? People are going to go out and get even more fries? Like, do you want to get cocktails tonight? We don't have to work tomorrow? No, let's get French fries again? I don't understand what the goal is. You think it's just the alliteration? I think it it stop, starts and stops with the alliteration. I'm not a hump day guy. I think that expression is stupid. But you wish me happy hump day today, and so does everyone else. I mean, is there a way to just keep it here and make it a french fry thing? Like, you know, get over the hump, eat a french fry? That's probably not going to work. <laughs> we probably need to work on it a little bit. But mm, maybe not... we could save it. Maybe. From here on in, you must call me Don Draper. That was that was not good. All right, 855-212-4CBS, you want to give us a call. Donovan Mitchell is on the trading block, why this was expected and why it will work for Utah coming up here on the show after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Erica Herskowitz. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-O. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Hey, thank you. And thanks to you, wherever you are listening. Appreciate you. Know you have choices. There's a ton of things out there that uh, tempt you for your time, and thank you for giving some of that to us. A free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone. I'm going to circle back a little little, uh, little quiz here for, for, for D-Cell. A little TV quiz. Are you excited about the TV quiz, about the pop culture quiz? Uh, no, I'd be lying if I was ever excited about these kinds of questions. All right. So this is a, from a scene that I've – I'm going to give you some clues that I've watched on YouTube – but I've watched this scene a hundred times. It's one of the most famous lines in cinematic history. One of the most famous, it's not movie, but maybe scenes. <clears throat> Here we go, ready? Coffee is for closers, dot, dot, dot. Put that coffee down. 
Coffee is for closers. Can you name who said it and or the film in which it was spoken? I have seen this scene several times on YouTube. I know it's Alec Baldwin. <gasps> nice. I don't know the name of the movie. It's okay. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. It's really good, but just watch the scene. Have you watched the entire eight, nine-minute scene? I think I've seen like a three-and-a-half-minute clip on YouTube. Okay, okay, okay. Coffee, it's, we got to do a segment. I don't know how, what it is. I know every time I ask you to do the image of your segment, it never happens. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you've, you've noticed that correlation? What do you do? I actually, can you put together a coffee is for closers segment? Writing it Using down now. Gene. Yeah. Very, very. <laughs> the joke, folks, is that he's not writing anything down. When do you think you will ask me about this said segment here, just so I can be prepared to tell I you? I mean, I don't know. How's the request going for my wife to get Tiger Woods and LeBron and other people that wrote children's books on the show? I have it written down here, and that's as about By the way, as far as I got. That's a request you should have made. That's not hard. You just, you just make the request. You, you Google who their book PR people are, and you just send the request. Yeah, and have uh, you know said PR person uh, ignore me because they don't want to talk to me. Well, having had some experience with booking uh, high-level guests every day on a TV show for two years that was required to have unfair levels of if my other bosses listening at HQ, guess, I'm just telling you, people sometimes say yes. They just make mistakes. They go, oh, yeah. And they get it like, you know. <laughs> Got it. This isn't Jim Rome. <laughs> just do it. We've already scheduled it. Let's go. I got confused in the scheduling process. All right. Um... I actually think I'm bullish on – I'm in a positive mood today. I got a lot of – you know what it is? It's National French Friday. I'm not going to go dark on National French Friday. First time all about Baker Mayfield's going to make it work. Then I believed in D-Cell there on the old pop culture quiz. He got one of them. He got, that's a victory. It's a win. D-Cell's doing it. I also think he's going to have Tiger Woods on the show next week because I believe in him. And I'm big time high on the Utah Jazz long-term and Danny Ainge. I understand Danny Ainge took over a year ago, head of basketball operations, friends with the new owner, Quinn Snyder's gone. They pretended it was amicable, but we all know. I told you here on the show, Quinn Snyder was going to be gone. That was the feeling around the NBA. They've traded Rudy Gobert. And by the way, uh, I don't know how Danny Ainge does this. Do you know the Harry Potter reference? If I made a Harry Potter comment, it's a wizard. It does magic. There's some Harry Potter action going on. I don't know how they got four first-round picks. And, you know, I think they got half the state of Minnesota now just ceded to Utah in in the Rudy Gobert trade. It's it's crazy how they ripped those guys off. Danny Ainge doesn't just rebuild teams properly and draft extremely effectively, see Jason Tatum, but he's incredibly skilled at trading away guys that everyone says, you can't trade them away, and then it works out perfectly. Yes, the news yesterday that Donovan Mitchell is going to be on the trade block means Donovan Mitchell is going to be traded. Yes, normally it's a terrible idea to move on from that kind of talent, especially in a place like Utah. And again, like Portland, I love Salt Lake City. It's beautiful. But it's hard to recruit guys there. There's not a history of big-time free agents going there the way that we see in L.A. We just so happen, again, in Chicago or happens should happen in New York until Kyrie went in and made that a you know a super fun site emotionally and all that stuff. So like, I understand that on, on the face of it you don't want to, you don't want to move on from a guy like Donovan Mitchell. But this is the same same person who runs basketball ops that when he was in Boston, traded away Kevin Garnett, traded away Paul Pierce, traded, traded away some other role players who were fine, when that seemed ludicrous, and that hall became, in effect, the modern Celtics, and in a lot of ways, the Celtics of the last many, 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 many years. I trust Danny Ainge, and I think it's going to work out. And I'll go a little bit further, and this is not a shout-out to Donovan Mitchell. I don't know Donovan Mitchell. 
I don't have any insight into Donovan Mitchell as a, as a leader or teammate. I've never asked a single source. I'm not in any way speculating or, or some of my colleagues will say things that aren't that are true but don't have the guts to be like I, I, that they know it. I don't know anything about Donovan Mitchell. But it did occur to me that, that people make evaluations internally and, and some people are better at that than others. And maybe there's just something about Donovan Mitchell from a playing perspective or some other perspective. Maybe there's something in the Mitchell go bear ugliness that, that Danny Ainge evaluated. Because what bosses do, they come in and the good ones wait a year and they evaluate and they watch. If you ever get a new boss, understand it's a year in where changes happen, right? Or we're like they and Danny Ainge has been there a year. And maybe he saw enough of Donovan Mitchell and the Rudy Gobert ugliness. And remember Donovan Mitchell talking about it in a really sort of passive aggressive but not helpful way heading into the postseason where the team clearly fell apart and we talked on the show, oh, these guys hate each other. I mean, we knew that because Donovan Mitchell expressed it, telegraphed it pretty clearly. So for me, Diesel, I'm a Coffee's for closers, and Danny Ainge can have as much coffee as he wants. That's what I'm basically saying to you. I'm all for it. Moving on from Donovan Mitchell, scrapping it down, starting the rebuild the right way. But doesn't the Rudy Gobert trade where you got four first-round picks, like, doesn't that – I mean, what are they going to be asking for for Donovan Mitchell, who has to have – more worth on the open market than than Rudy Gobert. I don't know, man. Like I went to it when I was in when I was in high school at Wallard High School in Dubuque, Iowa Catholic School. They brought a hypnotist in, and um, it was at homecoming. Like you know, like they do the party before, or after, whatever it was, and it scared the holy hell out of me. There were kids that like you know, the cool kids or the athletes, the random kids who were very sort of conscious of their like were being chickens and doing dumb stuff. And and, and what I realized is two things: never gonna let myself get hypnotized. And there are hypnotists out there. Maybe Danny. My point is, maybe Danny Ainge has got some hypnotic skills. Maybe he's just like moving a clock around, and then Travis Schlang's like, "You can have everyone." I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen because you can't allow yourself to get back less in return for Donovan Mitchell than you got for Rudy Gobert, right? Like you can't let that happen. I mean, yeah, I think you can't. What you can? I mean, the Heat. I mean, I know the Heat aren't going to move on from Bam at a bio, but if you, you know, I don't, how do you value Tyler Hero? Because I don't think the Heat's draft picks are going to be very valuable. It's going to be interesting. I'm also excited because however long Kevin Durant isn't traded and Kyrie isn't and Donovan Mitchell's out there, I, I get to just be focused on CBS Sports HQ, my other job, which I'm super excited about. Let's talk NFL with Ross Tucker next here on CBS Sports Radio. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.